This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Good afternoon, America. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you're having a nice, relaxing, chill-out Saturday, or whatever day you decide to listen to this show. And I hope, wherever you are, it's a lot warmer than where I am. Um, It's taken me a while to get used to Irish weather again. I left last week in uh, Dallas, 17, 18 degrees, beautiful, warm, just wearing a t-shirt and a jersey to back to Ireland to 7, 8 degree heat, and as many layers of clothes as I can possibly wear. I want to start today's show. One thing I will always do, um, and I'll always try and do at my shows, is if I say something that isn't quite accurate, or I make a mistake, or I'm not happy with certain things, I will address it immediately. um, Because I think credibility is very important. With that being said, I want to start today's show by addressing part of last week's show I wasn't happy with. Um, If you listen to last week's show, um, I think it's apparent around the middle of segment three and segment four, my energy levels dipped. Um, And I really will apologize from the bottom of my heart. Um, The reason for that was I flew back from Dallas into New York, had a long layover, and then flew from New York to back to Dublin. I got off a flight at 5 a.m. in the morning. I came home to put on a, a a load of laundry, and I did my show. And I hadn't slept for 28 hours, I think, 27, 28 hours. And then I proceeded to do a show. So if I uh, if I didn't sound the best, it was because I was cold, and I hadn't slept, and I was severely jet lagged and hungry. Um, and I, that won't happen again um, but it's just something I wanted to address because a few people kind of made some funny comments about how I sounded and was I on drugs or was I okay or was I about to fall asleep um, I was fine, just really tired but this week's show I am ready and I am pumped and I'm excited to go with that being said it's time to get into some big issues And I wanted to share some more thoughts about my trip because I had many thoughts and experiences during my recent trip, which was nearly three weeks in both New York and Dallas, both good and bad. Mainly really, really good because I got to see 
your people. I have long said there is no problem facing America today that your people cannot fix. If I watched the mainstream media or if I read some of the websites and I listened to the spin and the lies and the deceit that is going on with the talking heads on all different types of media, I'd say your country's done. That you just don't get it. I'd say, God, you really need to reinvigor the Tea Party. However, being around your people really inspired me. It inspired me because I saw many who were awake. I saw many from different ages, different backgrounds, different jobs, different races, different um, different parts of the country who are awake and actually have a fundamental understanding of history, of freedom. And while some many don't have the solutions per se, they know something's wrong and they know some of the principles they want to stand for and what they're doing in their everyday lives. And I think that is absolutely incredibly important. And for my part, I'm going to keep telling you that you're not alone out there. I know it's very easy to to maybe live in your own bubble. And some of us have many liberal friends. I know I have. And if you listen to them, you know, when you talk about economic collapse, just as, just as one issue that just jumped into my head, they just think you're... I don't know, fear-mongering or that they just don't get that the they think the economy is fine, it's most bustling along, the, the Dow Jones is great, oil is better than ever, you know, gas is cheap, you know, all the economy is fundamentally sound. And then they give the talking points, you know, 13 million new jobs and blah, 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 blah. I'm here to tell you that there are many folks on the ground who get it. And that's exciting for me because... If you fundamentally know something's wrong and you're searching for the answers, that proves an opportunity for each and every one of us to grasp that opportunity and to advance a dialogue. But here's the thing, and here's what I want to spend a few minutes talking to you about, because I want to address something that I think is critically wrong with your country. And if that offends anyone who says, well, you're just an outsider, I apologize, but... I'm going to address some of the problems I see with your nation as well as talk about what's good. I'm not here to be a cheerleader for America. I'm here to tell you all the principles you stood for that were good, but also where you've made mistakes in the past. Identify them so you don't remake those mistakes going forward. And with that being said, I think it's officially, I think it's official enough to say by watching some people the way they act on both sides this isn't a left issue or a right issue this is on both sides we are living in a generation that if it isn't it is damn close to being a cult of personality and what I mean by that is we are now arguing stature in society we are now ganging up into groups based on who we like and who we self-identify as. And we judge and we base our whole opinion of ourselves, of others and of community on the person we like. Let me give you an example and let me strip this back to the start. I've always said 
for anyone who listens to my show, whether you like me or you dislike me or you agree or disagree with me, my aim is not to convert you to get my opinion. Maybe it's something I need to say a lot more of because I, when I engage with some people who disagree with what I stand for, they always think I'm converting you or trying to get you to be, even though I don't, I don't believe in labels, a conservative or a constitutionalist or a libertarian or whatever way word you want to use. I'm not here to convert you or anyone. In anything I do, whether it's behind this microphone, which I'm incredibly blessed for, whether it's in my writings when I'm doing interviews with different shows, like last week and a couple of weeks ago I was with Glenn Beck, which was fantastic, or whether I'm out giving speeches, I'm not there to convert you. I am not there to go, hey, you know what, I want each and every one in this audience who listens to me to have the same opinion as me. Because here's the only thing I can guarantee to you if that happens. We'll both be wrong on certain issues. I don't want you blindly following me. And I would encourage you not to blindly follow others. There are many reasons I don't want to convert you. And the main reason is... Because if I sit you down... Either face to face... Or through this microphone, or at a speech, and I sit you down, and I can challenge, challenge into your brain, and get you to see the world the way I see it. That's great. It lasts for a certain period of time. But what happens when you come across someone else? I don't know. Let's say a communist, who happens to be better looking than me, who happens to be a better talker than me who happens to be a better communicator and a better he just talks your language better than I do and they convert you to communism what happens then I've converted you to whatever my set of beliefs are whatever you think they are conservative libertarian or in the middle or whatever word you want to put to them and then the other person has converted you to communism You've never found the real you. My aim is not to convert you. My aim is to challenge you. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, I'm going to challenge you on your beliefs. I'm going to tell you the principles and break everything down to its core as much as I can and communicate with you the principles and then give you my opinion based on principles and facts. And then I'm going to let you decide. That's why I always say, and I'm, I always want people to do this. I always say, you know, I'm on Twitter or on Facebook, Freedom's Disciple, at Freedom Disciple on Twitter. If you disagree with me, that's great. Absolutely. Send me a message, send me a tweet, and we'll engage. Because I'm not here to just say, America must think the way I think. I think that's incredibly arrogant and incredibly stupid. Because I'm not God. I'll be wrong on certain issues. But also there are many paths for each of us to travel. There isn't one right way and one wrong way. We all have our life experiences. That is what makes us as individuals unique. I see America a certain way. I appreciate America a certain way. Partly because I have had to wait so long to get to your nation. So I have those life experiences. They're life experiences based on emotion. You don't have them. 
If you're born in your country, you don't have my life experiences and my emotions and the feelings of hope and inspiration, but also desperation to get there. I can't transport them to you. They're emotions. You just can't feel them. Likewise, if you've lived your whole nation, your whole life in America and you've never experienced anywhere else, and you're very proud and you're, I don't know, you're... Your father fought in Vietnam and your grandfather fought in World War Two, and your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and grandmother were involved in the Revolutionary War and you have that pride to be America and you have that pride in the founding documents that you love the Don't Tread on Me flag and you love reading your revolution. I share those principles with you, but I don't have that pride because it's not my family. I don't have that life experience. And I think when we to talk to people and we try and convert them we're dehumanizing the individual because we're saying this is the only way you can think and no matter what your life experiences are no matter what your emotions are you must arrive at this point point x well guess what life doesn't work that way life isn't something that we can control that we can manage we're not like some puppeteers with strings on everyone who goes, well, you're going to feel this now and these are emotions. How we communicate is we share our stories. We share our visions. We share what makes us individuals. I wish, I would love one day to talk to many of your kids in colleges. Maybe God willing, if that's what happens, one day I will. I would love to be able to share my love for your country. I wish more people felt love for your country. More Americans. But here's the thing. I can't convert them. They have to feel it. We need to tell the stories and inspire by winning their hearts and their minds. And that is how we get real change. That is how we win this but sadly today we're not winning hearts and minds sadly today we're not even talking principles today we talk cult of personality and I'm gonna address this in the next segment because I saw some things that really really troubled me when I was over in the States and I want to talk to you about them and say, I don't want to convert you. I want you to think long and hard about what you see in the media, what you see on social media, and how you act and what your role is. Because each and every one of you has a role to play in changing this if you see it as an issue. Because this cult of personality stuff that I'm seeing, I sincerely believe needs to change. I'll be right back, America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? 
The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break, and they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just Call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. So as I laid out in the first segment, my aim is never to convert you. My aim is to get you to look at yourself, to question yourself, for you to see what you believe in, for you to challenge every core of what you believe in. Because I believe when we challenge each other, we become better people. When you challenge me, I become a better person. Because... The way I see a challenge, especially to something I believe in, to to a principle I believe in, there are only certain things that can happen after you challenge me. One, we can debate. And I can find out, well, God, do you know what? I was actually wrong in that. That person that challenged me, they had a great point. They actually looked at things through their life experience that I don't have, through their emotions that I don't have, And they made some very valid arguments. I need to rethink my position. I need to go and educate myself more. Or the exact opposite can happen. I can have you challenge me. We can discuss it. And then I can think, do you know what? I wasn't sure how strong I was in my beliefs on whatever issue you challenged me on. But after our discussion, I've realized something. I really am very pro whatever it is or anti. My principles are very strong. And you've made me better because of you challenging me. Even though to you it probably didn't have the desired result, to me it did. Or number three, which is kind of like number one, where you you debate someone and you, you get challenged, but you kind of go, I really didn't know everything. I need to go do my homework. And this is what I find myself in, in some categories, when I learn a bit specifically about your history. That's why last week when I finished the show, I told the story about the women who did the laundry. I love those stories, and that's where I find I want to do so much more research. And I want to learn more. Everything I've found out about your country, good and bad, I've loved. So that's the way I see things. I think we need to challenge each other more. And I think we need to go bold within challenging each other to the point of where it kind of feels uncomfortable because we are at a point in the world where we don't really know what the biggest issue is it could be anything on any given day the biggest issue could be isis could be the debt could be the economy could be obamacare could be the supreme court could be abortion could be regulation could be immigration It really could be any variant of issues. 
depending on, on how you feel. And then if you include the left's phony issues like climate change and big oil and big gas and all these different things, there are so many issues across a broad spectrum that could be considered the biggest issue of the day. But onto the thing that I want to talk to you today about. One thing I have noticed, the bad side, that I, the bad side I saw of America, was we live in a world, in Europe as well, but in America, in a cult of personality. Where I saw your elections, and I'm going to give you some thoughts on Iowa later on in the show, but I watched... CNN, I watched MSNBC, I watched Fox. And I watched the debate. I've watched all seven, not all of them every minute, but I've watched as much as I can stomach. And I've come to this realization, I've said this for a couple of years now, but it's getting even worse. We live in a cult of personality because we are forced, or maybe forced is the wrong word, but we act now where we are glorified cheerleaders forever who we like. It's like, put the pom-poms on. If you're for Donald Trump, Donald Trump all of a sudden, because you're for him, is God. And everything he has done in the past, everything he is doing today, and everything he will do going forward will be perfect. And you must always have your pom-poms on. I'm not picking on Donald Trump here. I see the same for some Ted Cruz supporters, some Ben Carson supporters, some Mike Huckabee supporters, some Bernie Sanders supporters. It's like we disillusion ourselves from reality. We disconnect. And it's rah, rah, this is my guy, this is my girl, and no matter what she's done in the past, I have to defend her. And quite honestly, I'm, and I'm not t attacking any candidate here, by the way. I'm saying across the board. I have seen some stuff been defended by people that I don't like and that I do like and that I respect. That is quite honestly inexcusable. And I'm not talking about just personalities. I'm talking about friends and family here. I've seen some horrific comments while I was in America. Some truly horrific comments. And I'm not going to focus in. The comments are irrelevant. But the response to everyone is, just put your pom-poms on. Let's just go cheerlead. for he's That person is my candidate, and I'm going to defend them to the hilt. Can we not raise questions anymore? Because that's the other part of the cult of personality. When you raise questions, when you dare say to someone who is, who is already in the tank for a candidate, you dare say, hey, what about this? It's like, it doesn't matter. It's, I, I will defend the indefensible. There are candidates in this race, and there are more than one, who do not see the significance of the Kilo decision in eminent domain. I live in Europe in tyranny. Let me tell you something. If you do not have private property rights and the government does not respect your right to have a piece of property, what makes you think they will respect any of your other rights? Yet when I bring this up to a candidate, but to also there are other candidates who support this or don't have a problem with it or don't think it's a big issue. 
the defenses that I have heard from just average people, the person on the street going, yeah, I just don't think it's a big deal, frightens me. We just disconnect from reality and go, ah, but I, he, they're still the best candidate. Fine, that may be the case. But how are you ever going to win an argument where you're always in the tank for one person? You can say, hey, this is my guy, but they are 110% wrong on this issue, whether it be Kilo or whatever other issue you want to talk about. But still say, they're wrong. We're going to try and get that person back on side to the right position of it and make the argument. But they're still the best person for the job. But I don't hear that anymore. I hear disillusionment. I hear just ignore the issue. Or worse. And this I'm going to focus on some folks, some of my friends who are quote-unquote conservatives. Who, when they get challenged on their views and on their candidates' views, they go to attack mode. I know, know I'm very blessed to have met some really cool people in the movement. There are now sites again. I'm not going to name names because if this is irrelevant, it takes it takes away from the point. But I, recently, I have seen headlines attacking my boss Glenn Beck attacking one of my idols Mark Levin I have disagreements with Glenn Beck I don't see the world the way everything the way Glenn Beck sees it we see it pretty similarly but we would disagree on some stuff and that's cool I don't see the way the world the way Mark Levin sees it all the time that's cool we are different we have different experiences different life experiences different emotions again that's what makes us unique if everyone was the same, if me and Mark Levin and Glenn Beck and every other great radio host out there had the same opinion, same emotions, why would you listen to, you just listen to one. You want to listen to different people because you want different experiences, different outlooks. But I've seen them viciously attacked by conservatives. And I don't get it. Why do we have to tear each other down? just to promote a candidate because here's the news flash especially when you're running for president it's a four or eight year deal then you're done then what are you going to do you're going to go out and get the next candidate I also hear this other issue and this this is where, where it stems from the cult of personality someone pulled me aside privately on social media I think it was over the weekend sometime, Saturday, Sunday, I can't remember. The days just blurred into each other. I was jet-lagged. You might have heard that. Um, where I got told, now's not the time to bring up principles. Now is not the time to discuss principles. Huh. Well, let me be very frank. If you even remotely think that, let me ask you a question. And I ask this with the greatest respect. When the hell is the time to start discussing principles? There are people engaged, whether it's because of Donald Trump, whether they really support him and he's reaching out to new voters, or whether they dislike him and they just want to see him fail, or whether it's because they think he's a clown and they're what they're, they want to see the circus. 
Whatever the reason is, there are a lot of people engaged in the political debate right now. There are a lot of people engaged on the left's debate because they have an outsider, a socialist, a person who is not hiding their name. You have a person on the right in Ted Cruz who is Cuban, who has a fascinating story. Like him or hate him, he has a fascinating story, him and his father and his mother. Marco Rubio, equally, whether you like him or you hate him, has a fascinating story. There is a drumming up of people watching the media right now, watching the debates. That shouts out to me, that is a prime opportunity to discuss principles. Especially if you are quote-unquote a conservative who believes in freedom. If now is not the time when there are a record number of people watching debates and engaging on Google on social media, if now is not the time to start advancing principles, then when is? When the election's over, when you can't hurt my guy or girl, and no one's watching? How many people will, the minute it gets to January 20th next year, 21st, and the new president, ever who that may be, is sworn in, do you think they're going to, January 21st, after the elections, are going to want to listen to people like me or you or anyone else going, hey, you know what, it's time to talk principles, buddy. They're going to go, no, I've just, I've just had politics for the last year, I've done. And then, you know what will happen, 2017 will be a waste, and then it'll be 2018, it'll be election cycle all over again. And of course, then you can't bring up principles because, shh, you might hurt our person. You might hurt our candidates. They're very flawed. But shh, don't say anything. And then it's 2019. And I'm bored of politics. We just did that all last year. Yeah, the House and the Senate, blah, blah, blah. Go away from me. And then it's 2020. Are you starting to see a picture? When is the time to discuss principles? I can't think of a better time than right here, right now, in this election. Freedom is slipping from our very grasps. Any notion of freedom that America still has is hanging by a fingertip. And people want people to shut up and get in line. That's the choice you have. That's the choice you have. Do you shut up and get in line or do you, do, do you try in advance? Yes, you might fail, but do you at least try and advance a principled dialogue based on substance and facts and reason and experience? That is the choice facing your nation today. i got to take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. today on patents do well that's what they are right if, the, if you're struggling and maybe thinking about becoming a male or thinking about becoming a girl or you're not sure you're in the middle that's an interesting one i've never seen that one before i have to admit even as a demigirl i have never seen that particular <laughs> i love thing. trigender too what is trigender so yeah, you have three tri-gender? different genders yeah, if you can get us a description yeah. on trigender again try not to search your own websites for that yeah pat and stew weekdays at 5 p.m eastern on the blaze radio network
Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I am on Twitter. If you agree with me or disagree with me, or I'm on I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple Singular at Freedom Disciple, or I'm on Facebook. And if you look up Freedom's plural disciple, uh, Freedom's Disciple, send me a message and um, comments. And just send me a engage with me. Um, I I'm here to talk to you. I wanna I wanna challenge you, and I want you to challenge me. Um, because that way we become better people. We become more knowledgeable. We get to share stories. While I'm on talking about social media, the one thing I do want to thank is I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who listens to this show every week. Um, I'm truly blessed to that you tune in. I hope the show makes you think uh, I hope you enjoy it and to anybody who shares it with their friends and family through email or um, on SoundCloud or iTunes from the bottom of my heart thank you um, this show is a very small show um, it doesn't have any doesn't have much promotion um, so any growth we have is through um, you sharing it and I really thank you and if you could share it with any more of your friends and your family if they you think they might enjoy it even people who are liberals who you don't think will agree with me you know share it on and let them engage with me because we really need to go bold not only in this election but going forward getting back to the issue of the cult of personality I'm not going to get online for anyone it's amazing the one thing I always get from quote unquote liberals who disagree with my viewpoint and when they hear me talk They'll always point out the flaws of America. Here's the thing. I have never once said America was perfect. And I never will say that. Because no matter how much you prosper, how much you advance, you will never be perfect. Perfection is something we must always strive for, but will never ever attain. But I do say you're the greatest country in the world. I'm not here to put on the cheerleader outfit for America. I'm not here to rah-rah and wrap things in a flag and make you feel better about yourself. I truly believe one of my jobs is to testify to your greatness. But how I testify to your greatness is to share your stories of where you've been right, but also highlight your problems and highlight them in a very simple, principled way so that you don't make the same mistakes of the past because I truly believe as being a a student of history that those who don't learn the past are doomed to repeat those mistakes I believe in many ways history is a a circle it comes around and comes around and comes around we make the same mistakes time and time again that being said back to your politicians and to the 2016 election the other thing that I saw and heard and I've heard from Ireland but when you're in the States it's different because you're, you're there in the everyday life I have friends and family who support many different candidates in 2016 I have a couple of friends who support Hillary Clinton yes they're still friends 
we don't hang out, but there are people I know. I have people who support a diehard Ron Paul support, Rand Paul supporters. I have many friends, including my boss Glenn Beck, who is a big Ted Cruz supporter and very passionate. I have friends who are Donald Trump supporters. I have my brother brother Andrew, who is a big Rick Santorum supporter and is also involved, I think, in this campaign still. I have other people who are big Carly Fiorina fans. And when you question certain things, again, I'm not going to pick on any one candidate. If you think that's what I've done, you're wrong. I'm just giving you a general overview of what I've seen from many campaigns. This idea that when you raise principled issues, it's like, shh, don't say that. You're making our candidate look bad. Shh, be quiet. Don't, shh, don't ask those questions. They're, those questions are not important. And then they turn on the people who ask the questions. This perception of defending the politician no matter what, I find very troubling. We need to ask principal questions. If we ask a question that your candidate can't answer, that says more about your candidate than it does about me. Because people like me aren't out to do gotcha questions. And especially in the circumstances I'm talking about. I'm not talking about in public. I'm talking about private and around the table of four, six, eight people. That's the time to bash out these issues. And identify where your candidate has problems. But I think the problem, part of this defensiveness is today, is because everyone is a converter. If you go onto social media, and here's a little experiment for you if you've got five minutes of free time this weekend. Go onto social media, no matter how many friends or people you have on Twitter or Facebook, and look at everyone who's trying to convert them. Look at every tweet they have. Whether it's relevant or not relevant, they have a hashtag at the bottom. Trump 2016, Cruz, uh, what's Ted? I can't remember what Cruz's one is. Cruz and the Victory or something, or Trusted 100%. Marco Rubio is, I can't remember. But everyone has these hashtags at the bottom, Rubio 2016, let's just say. Everyone is trying to convert you. And every time your candidate does something wrong, it's like it's like you're a carcass in the desert. And the, the, the eagles and all the birds and above just see you and go, and go your candidate screwed up. I'm going to pounce on you and I'm going to savage you to convert you to my candidate. How about we just have a principled, simple discussion based around the issues. And then you vote for who you vote for. I'll vote for who I vote for. And someone else can vote for who they vote for. But how about we put forward a principled dialogue. And let's get some consensus. Because we need some type of consensus. We can't even agree on issues that are so simple. We can't even agree on abortion. I see this new thing, and it's actually not new anymore. It was, take the pledge. Let's have a balanced budget by 2030. That's 14 years away. I've been following US politics for nearly... This is my 16th year. I've heard about balanced budgets for 10 of those years. Now it's 15 years away that you want to have a balanced budget by? 
Can we even agree that a balanced budget is a good thing? Can we even agree that, you know what, $19 trillion debt with 150 unfunded liabilities for America is a really bad thing? Can we even agree on that? Or has economics principles just gone so far out the window that if my candidate says debt isn't a problem, debt isn't a problem. If my candidate doesn't talk debt, I'm not talking debt. Can we agree on some basic principles? How about I, I spoke about this last week and I don't want or a couple of weeks ago, I don't want to discuss it anymore because I'll only get upset. Benghazi. You don't leave a man behind. I don't care whether you're a liberal, democrat, socialist, republican, conservative. Can you agree on that as a principle? Or do we, as there's so many people who are in the tank for Hillary now, it's like, well, if that might damage Hillary, let's not talk about 13 hours. We need to find common principles. And we need to do them without adding hooks to them that says, I'm going to get you to agree, and if you agree with me, then I'm going to convert you to my candidate. Let's just put this politics aside for a minute, and let's just focus on the principles. One last point, and it's only a small point, because I saw many signs like this, and I'm only quoting Donald Trump's because it's the last one I saw before I recorded this show. All his posters are not the posters. The, you know the little A4 sheets that the people bring to the rallies and they wave at them. And again, this is for many candidates. This is an attack on Donald Trump. But the poster, the page that they're all f flying around and waving as he's giving his speeches, says the silent majority stands with Donald Trump. This is one of the problems we need to change. Politics has flipped since I've been around 16 years ago. It used to be of, by, and for the people that the politicians would go out to you and ask you to vote for them, that they would stand with you. Today it's flipped 180 and it's now we stand with them. Which makes America great again? Politicians trying to win your vote or you trying to win the politicians' approval by saying you stand with them? It's only a small thing, but it's very critically important in my opinion. Which do you want to be? I know which one I want to be. I don't stand with any politician. If they're right, I'll be the first one to say, hey, you were right on that. Whether I like you or I dislike you. Because even a broken clock is right twice a day. But I'm not standing with you. I'm going to question you. I'm going to question you. I'm going to leave this segment with two quotes for you to ask you to think about. Which do we live in society? Thomas Aquinas once said, It is far more important to listen to what is being said than to who is saying it. I'm going to repeat that and ask you to think about it. It is far more important to listen to what is being said than to who is saying it. Do we believe that today? Or do we even focus more on who is saying it? And if we like them, 
we won't, we'll either agree with them or say nothing. But if we dislike them, we're going to jump on them. And the second quote is, how do we act in life? How do we act around politics? How do we act around politicians, around policies, around principles? Do we follow the words of Thomas Jefferson? Question with boldness, even the existence of a God, because if there be one, he much must must approve of the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. Which do we which people do we want to become today? Do we want to question with boldness everything, even the existence of God? Because at least he will respect reason over blindfolded fear? Or would we rather live in blindfolded fear and get a despot? A dictator? A tyrant. These are the choices you have to make. I hope and I pray you make the right ones. Where you remove this cult of personality crap. Where you stop you stop insulting and demonizing people who dare raise questions about your candidates. I hope you stop this crap. Where if you dare ask a principal question and your politician that you happen to like at this moment in time can't answer. That it's a more of an indictment on the politician and not on the person asking it. I hope you get back to that. I gotta take a quick break America. I'll be right back with some final thoughts on the Iowa caucus of this week. And of course the issue that won't go away but won't ever be discussed. The New York Values. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The terrorist attacks in Paris were plotted and essentially had their genesis in ISIS in Syria. That's what this video tells us. And they're saying they're coming for us again. They're saying they're going to hit us uh, another time. They're saying there's going to be another incident, this time probably against the UK. And we have to ask ourselves, how confident are we that the UK authorities and security services will be able to prevent this sort of thing from happening? Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. With Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today's show has made you think and hopefully maybe question how you interact with your friends or how you see your friends interacting with others and to be a positive influence in society. I want to finish today's show by talking to you about two quick issues. One, I want to talk to you about the Iowa caucus. First of all, I'm going to do something that very few in, and I'm not really in the media, but in the media have done. Congratulations, Ted Cruz, on winning. You know, when you get to see, when you get to watch media, um, again, I'm truly blessed to get to see some of the stuff behind the scenes, but when you get to watch the media and actually understand how the media operates, it's incredible. 
incredibly fun. It's frustrating as hell when you see the impact or what they're doing, but when you actually just sit back and watch it, it's fun because you get to see them each and every day turn themselves into a pretzel. Because it's like, first of all, Jeb Bush. Oh, he's unbeatable. He can't be. He's the son and heir. He's the anointed one. He cannot be beaten. Next, Scott Walker. He cannot be beaten. He's wonderful. He's he's so good. He comes from Wisconsin. He's battle-tested. He can't be beaten. Next, Donald Trump. He's the man. Go get him. Make America great. Hashtag make America great. Boycott to the base. He can't be beaten. Well, he got beaten in Iowa. And now if you watch Fox News, it's like, next candidate, Marco Rubio. Have you seen Marco Rubio and his family? Don't they just look delightful? Isn't Marco Rubio wonderful? Wow. He came third. He was predicted in poll after poll after poll after poll to come let me see, not first, not second, not fourth, not fifth, not sixth, not seventh, not eighth. Third. So proving the polls were actually right, saying you're going to come third, all of a sudden constitutes this great, magnificent win. Hmm. I also find it interesting how no media will congratulate Ted Cruz. The narrative has been spun that if he won, well, it's what you expected. If he didn't win in Iowa, he had problems. He would have lost. He may as well get out of the race. If he didn't win, it would have been the huge, biggest story. But I will say this, because Iowa has cleared this race quite a bit. It was always going to. People always fall out of Iowa. People like Mike Huckerby, Rick Santorum. The biggest loss for me forget who I'm not far anyone I do not have a horse in this race the biggest loss for me is Rand Paul I don't have many nice feelings towards him personally however he is a big voice for liberty and when it comes to constitutional issues 99% of the time he's dead on and I think his voice was needed whether he won or not was is irrelevant to me but his voice is needed but going forwards I think what is going to be very interesting, what I'm going to be watching very closely in the race, is what Marco Rubio does. Because for all intents and purposes, and I don't mean to upset Ben Carson supporters, this really has become a three-horse race. Unless someone of the Bush, Kasich, Christie has a big impact in New Hampshire, and I just don't see that happening. But I could be wrong. Again, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong in the future. But what's going to be very interesting for me as an outsider is watching what Rubio does. Because Rubio has... What he does will decide what, how this race goes. He has two choices. He actually has three, but one wouldn't work. The first choice is he can lurch to the right and say, I'm going to go for Ted Cruz's base. That'll be interesting. The two of them will fight it out and eventually Trump will become the establishment. And then ever who wins between Cruz and Rubio will go against Trump and who knows how that battle is going to go. The other option is, which I think if I'm being honest just from an outsider's point of view, watching Fox and, and listening to certain things behind the scenes and 
It's happening for about two months now. I think he's going to lurch more and more to the center. He's become going to become more and more of a hawk in foreign policy, and he's going to attack Donald Trump's base, and he's going to become the establishment candidate. Which will be very interesting to see what Donald Trump does and how he responds to that. But I would say he would most likely win that, and then it'd be him and Trump, him and Cruz, and then who knows who wins that race. The reason I say I think that's what he's way he's going to go is because he has a track record of doing it he's, there's been rumours of him doing it for a couple of months now but also rightly or wrongly there seems to be this perception by many who are not uber conservative that they need the establishment that they need the donors maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong maybe it's something else but that seems to be the way he's going to go so he's watch how he does. The third option, which I don't think is viable, is he stays in the middle. And he says, I'm not quite establishment, but I'm not quite Ted Cruz either. And he plays in the middle. That could work. I don't think it will. Because I think he needs to attack one of them. And I think he might attack Trump. Um, it's going to be, from an outsider, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be real fun to watch. I hope that people get over this cult of personality and stop putting on their pom-poms and their cheerleader outfits for going, I'm for Ted Cruz, I'm for Donald Trump, and I'm for Marco Rubio, and I'm for Ben Carson. And you actually start adding substance again to the debate. Let's talk about immigration. Let's talk about the wall. Let's talk, and even if you want to pick Donald Trump's issue, let's talk about immigration. Let's talk about China. Let's talk about the keto decision. Let's talk about making America great again. Let's talk about the economy. Let's talk about the debt. Let's talk about DC. But let us not talk over each other and let us not have to insult each other. Let's have a substantive debate. Last time I checked, usually quote unquote conservatives liked substance. They played on facts and figures and principles. Let's let the other side the squishy middle and the left argue with emotions that's just my thoughts on Iowa next week in New Hampshire is going to be very interesting the next issue I want to talk about is because and I'm not attacking I just wish we could actually have a debate on issues so if you've listened to this show for the last two weeks at different points in it I've talked about New York values I'm not for Ted Cruz. You might think, oh, well, he works for Glenn Beck. He has to be for Ted Cruz. I'm not for anybody. I'm for America. I'm for your people. I do not have a horse in this race. But I defended Ted Cruz on New York values. Because he brought up New York values. Donald Trump attacked him and linked it to 9-11. I thought it was one of the most stupid, most outrageous, most insulting, demonizing answers I've heard in quite a while. And that takes them doing when Obama's president. And then last week I brought up the issue in the storm. Okay, you want to talk New York values? You want to attack Ted Cruz? There's a New York value we can talk about and you can defend it or you can go against it. Pick a side and make your argument based on principles. If you go out after 2.30, you'll be arrested. Pick a side. Let's make the argument. Today, I bring another New York value. For you to discuss. And I quote. I'm reading hat tip the Daily Caller. New York City Council. Is set to dilute a host of criminal laws. Including laws against public urination. 
and excessive noise because council members believe too many members of the minority community are getting arrested. Apparently public urination is a big issue among minority communities. The New York Police Department, I'm quoting from this article, which I'll share with the, with the, with the podcast, has already relaxed its enforcement of many quality of life laws. I love that they use these words, poultice, quality of life laws. After years of enforcing exactly such laws led to record lows in crimes in the once much grittier city. On Monday, council member Mark Verito, I apologise if I got his name wrong, they will introduce a set of bills called the Criminal Justice Reform Act. I love the words they give these laws, they're great. That the laws are designed to make several quality of life laws much more toothless. Misdemeanor crimes to be nearly but not quite, nearly but not quite decriminalised include public urination, excessive noise, drinking in public, marijuana possession and miscellaneous public park related infractions. If passed, the laws would encourage police not to arrest sidewalk tinkers and violators of other laws. The best line comes at the end. Where it says that we're just trying to help these minority communities get to their higher good. Get to their best. Because we want people to reach their highest good. But if they interact with police at a young age, they won't reach it. These are principles we should be discussing of New York values. Do you agree with these laws or do you not? These are New York values. Right here, right now. What do you think? Should we relax laws for people taking a whiz in public? Is that a quality of life issue? Or is that a simple... You know what? There are things you just don't do. This is a real New York value. But yet we'll still discuss it because Marco Rubio is back out attacking Ted Cruz again because he said New York values and linked it to 9-11. This is what this debate has become. You bring up an issue of pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage, pro-big government and it gets turned into 9-11. These are the issues we need to address today. And the principles. If you're for relaxing the laws for people taking a pee in public, let's have a debate. I'm not. I don't particularly want to walk down a sidewalk, especially a street city like Manhattan, that relies heavily on tourism and people just relieving themselves in public and then people having to clean that up and people having to step in it and the smells... Is that something you really want to have? Or how about we actually discuss it? Have a real, substantive, principled debate. I'm out of time today. I'll share this article that you can read. There are many other things in it that you can have an opinion on. But let's discuss it. Let's take the emotions out and let's discuss the principles, America. As always... I finish up this show by saluting the real heroes of society, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, 
and your vets, and most importantly you, the great American people. I truly believe there is no problem that you face today that you cannot fix if you act. But not your politicians, not your political parties, not making someone a president. You, the great American people, will save your nation if you act. Until next week, America, God bless you. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 